Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today I'm excited because we have a good friend of mine, Isaiah Guerrero. You know, he's been in the industry for, you know, 20 years, has experience in a lot of different areas, investments. He's owned a mortgage brokerage for years and now has some cool things happening over a journey mortgage. So thank you so much for being here, Isaiah. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. So uh, real quick, let's just kind of get some background about you. Obviously, it gave you the little blurb that you sent over, but tell us a little bit in your own words, like, you know, what got you into the industry and just a little bit of background about who you are and all that kind of fun stuff. I actually got in the industry when I was in college. I did a internship at a mortgage company, RBC Mortgage. It's kind of still around. It's a Canadian company, but I did an internship there for two years. And then when I got out of college, I worked for a subprime Loan company. That was fun. Those good old days. So that's 2004. And then at the end of 2004, I got my real estate license. So I've mm. been duly licensed for almost 20 years. Nice, man. And then I know you run now for a few years, you've run a mortgage brokerage as well, right? Yes. I uh, opened up 5280 Mortgage Corporation here in Colorado. I ran it for about four years up until about a month and a half ago. And then I turned control over to my father sure. and I joined Journey Holdings is our parent company, and we are Journey Mortgage, and we also have a real estate arm of Journey Real Estate. Nice, man. Nice. And I know you guys are doing some pretty cool things there, but you know, I'm sure the journey hasn't always been uh, you know, smooth sailing, and we'll get a little bit into how you guys are kind of growing in this market, but I'm sure, I mean, being in the industry for 20 years, you've been through a couple cycles here and there, right? So what does that kind of look like over the years? Yeah, right? A little bit. 2008 was fun. Yeah. So tell me, like, what does the journey kind of look like over the years? I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, kind of getting started, it was probably, you know, hard and then you kind of figured it out. And then obviously you hit 2008, that was hard again. And then, you know, kind of been smooth sailing for the last, what, you know, 10, 12 years, but Hey, you know what? It's all learning lessons when we come into seasons like we are in today. So talk about that journey a little bit, man. You know, obviously 04 to 08 was anyone could get a loan at that point in time, just basically right. needed a pulse right. <laughs> to get a loan. Then 2008 hit, everything went down. Actually went to retail. Okay. Joined Chase Bank at that point. That was like a straight just bank. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Straight bank. Yeah. So I joined them. I actually was a business banker there. I switched over to business banking because I could do business loans. So sure. Kind of odd. But I could get business loans done. So I did that for a few years. And then I got um back onto the brokerage side a few years later. But in between then I got my life and health insurance, my series seven, series six investments, all that stuff. So I did all that for a little while, you know, had to diversify back then, make sure, sure you still had income coming in. Then, you know, 2012, it, you know, started turning around. Then I went over to American Financing here in Colorado. They're big here in Colorado, not nationally. I mean, they are okay. a national company. They do a lot of loans. Peyton Manning's their spokesman, so. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. I'm surprised yeah, if you look, uh, watch like the Today Show, they have ads in the morning and stuff. Uh, but um, I don't watch TV really, to be honest. So, hey. <laughs> right. Yeah. Netflix a little uh, bit. I worked there for about six years. 
Okay. Um, as a manager, ran about 20 agents or not 20 LOs. We were closing 200, 250 loans a month nationwide. So that was fun. Oh, and I opened my own brokerage and I ran that until now. Nice, man. Nice. That's fun. It's been a little bit of a journey, right? I mean, ups and downs and all around and all that fun stuff. But obviously, we're coming into a market where, I mean, we've been in a market, I guess, now for the last eight or so months, 10 months, whatever you want to call it. What's that kind of look like? I know you kind of joined Journey and you guys are looking to kind of continue to grow into this market. What are some of the things that you guys are doing differently to help you succeed in a market like we're in today? So what we're doing right now is we're, you know, agents, LOs, for some reason, we're adversaries. And right. even though we both have the same end goal of getting people in the houses. So that's always been weird to me because, you know, I am duly licensed. I never really got the why we don't like each other. But with this, it's been modeled before, but I feel like we have a better culture here to where, okay. like, we supply leads to real estate agents. Sure. And agents, in turn, bring their business to us as well. So it's not just one hand is feeding the other and, you know, there's no reciprocation. Basically, like you get a lead, you bring it to me. I get a lead, I bring it to you. And we work together. We actually are about ready to launch where, you know, compliant with RESPA and everything like that, where we're all going to buy leads together so nice. that we can get everyone business and fed. We're opening up in Tennessee here in about a week. And then we're on to Arizona after that. So that's awesome. Um, where other companies are kind of laying off people, I'm, hopefully we're going to start hiring people here in the next month or two. Love it, man. Love it, man. Yeah. And that's awesome. A little bit of that symbiotic relationship of like you're actually working together. And, and I think that's the most important thing and something that it's funny because, you know, people, you know, tend to like to talk trash on my ads because like some of the stuff I'm talking about is like how loan offs can flip the status quo. But, like the whole point of this show is the same thing. How can they flip the status quo? But it's not so much that we're trying to get loan officers to be above real estate agents. What we're trying to do is we're trying to help loan officers actually like be able to give back value to the real estate agent partners, which just unfortunately has not historically happened. Like, yeah, I mean, you do your job at the end of the day. Like, I mean, you can do a good job and you're going to get business. But like, how do you actually bring value to your real estate agent partners? Because so many of them are just taught to go out, talk to real estate agents. And they're like, oh, you know, what's your value? What's your value proposition? Oh, well, I pick up the phone. I do this. I'm a good loan officer. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? Every other loan officer is going to say the same thing, right? And, yeah. and what makes you stand out from everybody else, especially in a market like today? What makes you stand out from every other loan officer that's chasing down real estate agents? Because what is every loan officer doing right now? They're calling real estate agents, wanting business. Guess what? Real estate agents are also slow right now. Like, what are they going to do? Like, give you some of the business they don't have? Again, I think that's a brilliant model that you guys are creating or have created. Because, again, it's not so much about being at different levels, right? Like, it's not like, I mean, traditionally, the status quo has been that real estate agents are on top. Loan officers are below them. And they're just basically, you know, sitting around begging for business. And so the idea yeah. that you give each other back business is huge because I think it is a partnership and there shouldn't be that animosity. And I think sometimes there is that animosity from real estate agents to loan officers because they haven't received leads back. And then vice versa, because loan officers tend to get treated a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes get treated as second-class citizens by real estate agents because like, hey, well, I'm the one that provides leads. So you're going to have to do whatever I want to do, right? So it's just, yeah. I think there's both sides. The reason there is that animosity is because, I mean, again, like I think both sides see it in a different way. One side's like, well, these people are just taking and the other side's like, 
well, I'm doing all this work. You're treating me like I'm a second class citizen. So I do think there's a reason for it, but it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Which is exactly what you guys are doing, man. I love that you guys are doing that. What's kind of the been whole, the uh, uh, what's, cup of coffee right? thing doesn't work anymore. Yeah. 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 It works to a certain extent, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're in a relationship business and if you can build the relationships, you're going to win. Um, but I think there's a better way. There's a way to to do it faster, right? Because at the end of the day, relationships take time, right? So how do you do it faster? Like you have to provide value so you can get your foot in the door, so you can have more conversations, so you can have more opportunities to talk to more real estate agents and bring value so they're more willing to try you out sooner. Right? Because sometimes it might take you six, 12 months of just coffee dates and check-ins and stuff like that till their lender messes up. It's like, okay, you know what? I'll throw you a bone. Right. Cause I'm sure that's yeah. what, you know, tends to happen. Right. They wait until something happens. And, okay. You know what? I'll test this guy out. That's called me for the last 12 months. Yep. And real estate agents talk. Like I talk to real estate agents all the time and you know, Hey, this person's sending me business. They're generating all kinds of leads and he's sending me business. I know he has other real estate agents. He sent business too. And the one thing we're also doing is we're partnering with CRM and everything like that to where we both know the leads being touched. It's being worked. And that it's just not, here's a phone number and email address. Good luck. Right. Like, no, we're, we're, we're working it. You're working it. And hopefully we get the client in the door. Yeah. I like that too. I mean, we've both been up and around and been on, you know, that program before where it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So many people got so mad. Like, oh, we generated all these leads for these realtors, but they didn't call the leads. When you ask the loan officer, like, but did you call the leads? Because like, you can't get mad at them for not calling the leads if you're not calling the leads too. So it does make sense. Like we work together, like we generate the leads, we work them together. We're all working towards the same goal. And in, in a market like today, I do think it's more important than ever to pick up any scrap that you can possible, right? I think, you know, over the last couple of years, the last two years, like you've just gotten fat and happy with all of the stuff that's falling from yeah. the sky. Right. And so like, yeah, you were able to just work with the a paper people and the people that were ready to buy today. But unfortunately you're probably going to have to start looking at down payment and DSCR and investment. And just like you talked about earlier, I mean, you had their downturns and you had to get creative. Like you don't have to get creative in other yeah, industries. I mean, REOs back in 2008, like if you're an agent, you had to go do those. Um, sure. I mean, FHA is going to come back into play now because of the down payment. You know, everyone before, I don't want an FHA loan. Right. Well, it's going to come back. And you're going to have to make repairs and no more of the wave inspection. You know, I'm not doing anything as a seller. Those days right. are over now. Yeah. And you're in Colorado. So are you seeing that the market has started to go towards more seller concessions, things like that? Oh, getting $10,000 of seller concession is pretty much like, it's easy now. Wow. If you're not doing that, you're not selling your house. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm hearing is that, you know, houses are sitting, you know, much longer. You know, I was just actually talking to one of my employees and, you know, he said that they sold the house six months ago and it sold in eight days. Right. Yep. He's like, they're trying to sell a house now. And there was like one little issue and they just canceled their contract just like that. They're just like, eh, yeah, we're out the buyers. And it was like, cause they're selling another home, right? They had two homes that they were trying to sell. And, uh, yep. you know, it was just funny because, yeah, man, six months ago, this would have been off the market. They wouldn't even blinked at that issue. They just would have kept moving forward because, you know, I'm sure their realtor would have said, hey, like, if we don't get this, there might be not another home for another six or eight weeks or, you know, maybe even six months that we can get approved for, right? Or not get approved for, but get in a contract with. So it is interesting the difference in markets that we see and how quickly that happens. So, like, in terms of, like, rates, like, are you doing anything specific to try to get more people attracted, you know, get people 
close, things like that. Like, what yeah. are you guys doing at this moment? Yeah, we're doing the two one buy down is kind of the way to get people in the door right now. Everything I'm reading is, you know, rates are going to probably come down this time next year. So give or take about, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter of next year, we'll start seeing rates go down. I don't know, after seeing the CPI index yesterday, that wasn't the best news ever. Everyone, if everyone could stay home and stop buying things, the Fed will stop raising rates. <laughs> I guess uh, people got so used to buying all the things during the COVID. And I don't know if this is going to play into it, but I mean, we are getting into, you know, Q4, the holiday season, when people do traditionally buy more stuff, right? Yeah. So like, how is that going to affect, you know, the next reports on CPI and things like that? I mean, who knows? But they just keep raising that rate, raising that rate. What are we at today? I mean, October 14th, where are we at right now with the rates? Um, uh, this morning rates got a little worse. I mean, right now I'm offering about 7% Wow, 30-year fixed. A year ago, we would have been like, what, like at 3%? And people were like, oh, the rates yeah, have gone up. 3.5%. That's something I saw someone post something about like, oh man, the rates surged and it was like still 3% or whatever. Rates surged at this point. And like, obviously they didn't surge three and a half percent, you know, in 12 months or, you know, I know it's been even a less, a smaller period of time. I think February is when everything started to kind of fall apart of this year. And so it's been an interesting run here, man, you know, in terms of kind of working, I know you guys are like working cohesively together is the goal to, you know, grow, attract what's kind of the goal over the next six, 12 months with journey. Are you kind of taking into account like the whole mortgage side of it and not really worrying about the real estate or what's kind of your role in all of this? Well, as of right now, real estate is going to lead the way. So each sure. state we're going to move into, we would like to be in all 50 states within 36 to 40 months okay. with real estate brokerages and hopefully have a journey mortgage loan officer in the building or, you know, we'll have obviously here headquarters, we'll have some LOs that are licensed in each state. Kind of, we want to build an all-in-one shop. So we're going to launch title insurance also. So okay. instead of you know, five people be in transaction, we have one company and everything gets ordered right away. So there's no holdup. So we're like insurance is done right away. And obviously anyone can shop and do whatever, what's best for them. But at least like, we're not waiting on that. Everything will be done up front and hopefully they'll make the buyer experience a whole lot better and the seller experience a whole lot better. Sure, sure. And I'm sure that'll also help in terms of, you know, costs, things like that for those people in terms of just like, you know, being able to do it under one roof, you don't have to, you know, cost of acquiring that is going to be lower. So, you know, you could probably give credits, things like that for those types of people as well. Right? Yes. Some of these companies that have tried this are trying to get like huge and we're not looking to be Loan Depot or anything like that, uh, sure. where we're just doing, you know, crazy amount of volume. Like we want to do well, but we're not looking to do 10, 20,000 loans a month. We want to be able to be customer focused to where the customer has the best experience. Mm. And we don't want to be so big where we lose sight of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What's kind of the goal in terms of like heads, like how many people are you looking to kind of bring on over the next whatever, six, 12, or even, you know, what's kind of, I would like to have by the end of 2023, we'd like to be in at least 10 States. So depending on our, you know, volume is probably about 30 LOs should be able to cover okay. all of it. And then real estate agent wise, we'd like to have a minimum of probably 30 to 40 agents per state. Okay. Nice. And you guys are currently in Colorado or? Yeah, we're currently in Colorado, Tennessee. Brokerage wise, real estate brokerage wise, we should be rep and running by Monday, Tuesday. 
And nice. then, you know, NMLS never does anything fast. So hopefully by like next Friday, we'll be up and running on NMLS as well. That sounds like some big goals there, man. What's kind of the short-term goal over the next, you know, few months in terms of loan options? I see you're hiring some new people there. Like what's kind of that growth plan looking like and what's ultimately going to be the... Yeah, uh, so we're going to go... Growth. Actually, I'm going to probably be down in Tennessee in the next few weeks looking for LOs down there nice. um, in the Nashville, Chattanooga area to kind of be our eyes and ears down there. So preferably on each state, we want to have at least one LO that's actually in the state because obviously know what's going on in our state and we want you know someone local that you know people are comfortable with so yeah we'll probably hire probably five people in tennessee okay cool when it comes to like all these things are you looking for like local you're gonna have local shops for each of these things as well in terms of are you going to do like the more centered in colorado as far as loan officers and then have boots on the ground with the real estate or is it really going to be all kind of you know offices that are local that's our goal is to be local or at least have some type of local presence in there it won't happen in every state like South Dakota, North Dakota. We probably won't have a, an office there, but, you know, maybe we'll have someone working out of their house or something like that. Sure, sure, man. Cool. So let's kind of like pivot a little bit in terms of, you know, obviously you have that experience in working in, you know, in many different markets, you know, been doing this for 20 plus years. If you were to like, say, let's start over again, like what would you focus on for growth to go out and get more business? Like what's kind of like the way you would be looking to grow at this point? I remember when I first got in real estate, the saying was everything is local. Real estate is local, right? I think that's really changed over the last 20 years. People are buying houses over the internet now. Like they're really looking at a house and be like, oh, that's the house I want. And that's what they get. That's a little bit different right now. Like we're really focusing on, you know, being a presence on the internet. If you're not marketing in this climate, you're dying. So referrals and stuff like that are great. Obviously, every LO real estate agent loves referrals, but you got to get your name out there right now. People have to know that, you know, the market, it's still a good time to buy, especially like we just said, you get seller concessions. A year ago, you had to go $100,000 over value and you got right. nothing. Right now, you could probably offer, you know, two or 3% less than asking and still get seller concessions. So depending on how you want to look at the market, it's good especially on the buyer side. It's actually flipped to where you can get what you want. And, you know, so LOs, go and market. Like, learn how to market. I had to learn how to market. I had to learn how to do Facebook ads, Instagram. I'm just learning how to do TikTok. You know, I'm 41 years old, so... <laughs> yeah, I think it's huge, man. I think it's hard because like loan officers like to be like, well, you know, a lot of times they're kind of that like the number crunchers are really good at structuring loans, things like that. But the truth is like I had a Scott Groves actually on the podcast, you talk about like your number one job as a loan officer or a real estate agent is to lead generate, right? Like that's really what your number one goal is. So like you have to get in front of as many people as possible, right? You have to get in front of as many people as possible. That basically means like you need to be on as many platforms as possible. You need to become good at marketing. You need to understand at least the psychology of marketing. You need to start doing more video, you know, all these things. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying that you should do every single thing at once, but there should be some of that, like understanding that you do have to do more work in this market to get the same results that you got in the last couple markets, right? Or to even get worse results than you got in the last couple markets. Unfortunately, it's just going to take more work to get there. And as you mentioned, I mean, I thought I saw a pretty good sort of like not analogy the other day, but basically it came down to this sort of story about this guy that sold peanuts. And so basically what happened is like he sold peanuts, but he wasn't getting very much business. 
So he had basically a couple things that he could do is he could stop running the wood fire stove or whatever and only turn it on when he needed to warm up the peanuts. So he started doing that to try to save money. What ended up happening is that that fire was also what drove his whistle, like his advertising whistle type thing, and basically went out of business shortly after, right? So kind of the idea is like cutting marketing to try to save money is like actually going to hurt you in the long term. Because like, again, in the market like today, like the more you can market, the more you can get yourself out there, like the more valuable that's going to be, especially as we go into uh, you know an easier market, like rates kind of go down, we get some refis, you're going to have that pipeline of people that you can refinance, or you're going to have those people that maybe, hey, they didn't quite qualify at seven point whatever rates. But maybe if it goes down to four, they're going to qualify for something, right? There's a lot of things that you have to think about from that perspective of like, are you thinking about this business long term? Or are you thinking about just today? Exactly. Right? I mean, and we have a saying around here is uh, marry the house, date the rates. Yeah. And I think there's some validity to that. I think there's also some, uh, you know, some scary implications if you take that too far. But I do think the biggest thing is like being comfortable with the payment, right? Like the rate yeah. is less important than the payment, right? If you can be comfortable with the payment and know that you can make those payments, then yeah, I mean, do it because there's not really, I mean, there is, I guess, kind of a bad time to buy, but it's only a bad time to buy if you don't hold long enough, right? Like if you don't hold the property long enough, like obviously if you bought in 2007, eight, like you probably would have been hurting for, you know, five, six years before, seven years before it kind of came up. But if you would have held the whole time and held till now, you would have made a bunch of money, right? But it just depends, right? Like how long are you willing to hold the property is really the biggest thing. Like, so selling a property, yeah, you can make a loss. But usually, you know, if you hold it long enough, you're going to make a profit, right? So I do think that there is that sort of concept that like for consumers and obviously, it's, uh, you know, a podcast for loan officers, so they're probably going to understand that concept a little bit better. But I do think that's a huge thing that you can kind of relate to your people and obviously doing it in a way that's not... You don't want to frivolously do that, right? Like you want to make sure that they kind of understand the parameters and like, don't put people into a situation where they're going to, you know, be negatively affected. But uh, yeah, man. When it comes to, because I have this conversation quite often now, is is the market going to crash? Do you think the market's going to crash? And I was like, no, I was like, everyone can afford their payments. Rates have been so low for so long that everyone that's in their house now can afford their payment. So you're not going to see the foreclosures you saw in 2008. Because, right. you know, everyone was arms and, right. you know, they adjusted and they couldn't afford the payment. Yeah, so there's no balloon people, or interest only. Is, yeah, our problem right now is supply. Right. I mean, we're at 2 million house shortage for the country. That's a lot right. of houses. That's the reason why, well, you know, inflation is the way it is because we have no supply. Right. And really high demand for everything. So right. that creates inflation that we're all looking at. Well, and that totally makes sense. I mean, you know, and the other thing too, is obviously in terms of housing shortages is like, you know, all these people that refinance over the last couple of years, maybe they would have sold if the rates weren't 7%, but they're like, I have a 2.75, like I'm not going to sell and buy a house at 7%. So like now we're dealing with a little bit of that sort of like hesitation to put your house on the market, even if you traditionally would have, you know, regardless. So I do think that there's some of that that we're dealing with as well, which is, you know, obviously caused a whole slew of issues. But again, I mean, you have two things you can do. You can put your head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening and stop doing everything you need to do, or you can, you know, attempt to do whatever you can to keep the, you know, the marketing going, the lights on and you have to going to have to grind your butt off right now to get the results that you, you know, that you want. And it might Absolutely. be less yeah. in the last couple of years. Exactly what you said. If you're cutting marketing right now, you're just cutting off your nose. Yeah. So to kind of like finish out, like what's the one thing that someone could go out today and grow their business? I market. You got to get out there and market. You got to get in front of people. The more people see you, the more you're going to be in the front of their mind. There's a million ways to stay in front of people these days. Automation really helps. 
So you don't have to post them yourself every day. You know, I try to do like a video a week. I probably should do more, but at least I get one in. And then I have automation take care of my posts other ways. And then, you know, we have our agents and our LOs here posting, hopefully pretty much every day about something. So nice. you're running a brokerage, stay in front of people because as soon as you're gone, outside, out of mind. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because uh, we actually had one of our coaches in our program. He talked about that. We talked a little bit about database management, how to kind of like keep in front of your clients. And he's like, if you're not marketing to your existing clients, and this is for people that have like existing databases, if you're not marketing to your database of clients, those are not your clients anymore. Someone else is going to market to them or they're going to steal that person. So, you know, especially if you've been in the business for a long time, like continue to market, nurture your database. It's so much harder to acquire a new loan than it is to keep your existing people happy. Right. So, I mean, I know that like, even for me, for like my real estate agents that when I bought my house from 2015, maybe he's sent a couple emails here and there, but like, that's about all I've gotten. in you know, in seven years, you know, right. a couple emails, never got a call, never nothing like that. So it's just, you know, something to remember that probably he was a really great guy, but I probably wouldn't use him again just because of that very reason. Like, you know, um, yeah, there's, a, there's a million cases like that, that, you know, you gotta keep in track with them. Even if you said yeah. just happy birthday emails, they know you're thinking about them on their birthday. Yeah, something, man. You got to do something. I think the manual touch is huge too. Just giving a call, just saying, hey, hope you're doing well. You know, how's the house doing? Things like that. I do think sometimes that piece, we can over automate some of the important things, right? And I do think that there is some yeah. things that like, you know, Gary V talks about it. Like you don't always do things at scale, right? Like sometimes you have to do things that don't scale. So sometimes it is like, hey, doing some personal touches here and there is going to go a long way. In the world of noisy automation and notifications, it is good to kind of get a real voice every once in a while. And this is me, right. you know, I'm sounding like a boomer over here. Like you should call people, but calling people like is the best way, right? Right. Uh, so um, I, I, I swear, like, I'm not a texter. I don't want to spend an hour on the texting. Yeah, take yeah. A five minute- <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Oh. For sure. I mean, people like to commute in different mediums. But that being said, like, having a conversation with someone is always a good way to go. So I liked your post yesterday about automated applications, online applications. Yeah, yeah causing all kinds yeah. of trouble over there, bro. I know. I agree. I agree. I always tell people I always take handwritten applications all the time. And people are like, yeah. why do you do that? I was like, I get to know my client. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to it. If a friend it. or a family member, go ahead and do that. I know who you are. Right. Of if course. I don't know you, I want to get to know you. Yeah. And, I, and, and again, it's not so much that the online application is bad. It's the habits that have been created by loan officers by using that tool in incorrect ways. Just like automation is a great tool to help you stay in contact. But if you use it as a crutch for every single piece of communication, like it's going to fall on deaf ears eventually. Right. So same thing with online apps, like, like it's a great tool, but you still need to make sure that you have a conversation, things like that. Right. And I think while maybe a lot of people are doing that, a lot of people aren't as well. Right. They're just expecting them to fill out an online app. And then the next step is here's an LE, here's your, whatever, here's your, it's like, boom, like it's a super transactional, like that can be replaced. The human element can't be replaced, but if you remove that, you're going to be lost. So if someone wanted to learn more about kind of journey mortgage, what you're doing over there with journey mortgage or real estate, where can someone find some more information about you online? You know, something like that, man. Journeymortgage.com where you have it up and running now and journeyrealestate.com both. Just so you know, journey real estate agents out there, if you are thinking about making the move, journey real estate has some awesome offerings. We took something from another brokerage and made it a whole lot better. So Love it. cool. And we'll link those in the uh, show notes. So I think it's J R N Y for journeys, just for anybody who's wondering, it isn't spelled out fully journey. So J R N Y. And then 
kind of my takeaways from today's show is just really, I mean, you know, don't stop marketing. You're going to have to be out there a little bit more than uh, you've had to in the past. And that's going to be a requisite. So don't turn off the ads. Don't stop marketing. Don't stop posting. Don't stop getting in front of people because, you know, this is the time when the foundations are built for the times that are a little easier, right? I mean, again, we are in a hard time and it isn't going to be easy. Unfortunately, I wish I could say it could be, but it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of, you know, grind here for the next probably six months or so, maybe even more. And so we have to, you know, continue to do what it takes to, you know, stay in front of as many people as possible, have as many conversations as possible. And from there, you're going to be able to survive and then thrive in the market right after this recession comes. Your rates tend to go down when recessions hit. So I think there's some, you know, light at the end of the tunnel here for loan officers. So if you are looking for some help on flipping the status quo, go to flipthestatusquo.com with any help regards to helping market directly to the consumer to help you flip the status quo on real estate agents. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.